You're listening to the podcast for Asbury United Methodist Church. Join us every Sunday for worship at 8.30 or 10.45. Find out more at asburybosier.org. Good morning. Uh, it's good to be with you as we continue our series, Jesus of Nazareth. We continue this story in the Gospel of Mark that we started last week. Our scripture lesson comes from Mark, the first chapter, beginning with the 21st verse. It'll be on the screens, it'll be online, and it's also in your Bible. Let us hear the word of the Lord. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, he entered the synagogue and taught. They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority, and not as the scribes. Just then was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying with a loud voice, came out of him. They were all amazed, and they kept asking one another, what is this? (laughs) A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. At once, his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. This is the word of God for the people of God Thanks be to God. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, he entered the synagogue and taught. You can't start a story in a more conventional way. It's expected. It's common. It's familiar. Jesus went to the synagogue, and he taught. God's transformative work begins with what we know and where we are. Jesus found the fishermen while they were fishing. In other words, Jesus went to them first. It's that, if you want to be Wesleyan about it, if you want to be Methodist about it, it's that prevenient grace of God. Jesus went to them first and called them to follow me. Jesus went to the synagogue and started teaching. When the Sabbath came, he entered the synagogue and taught But it's not long before what is expected and common and familiar to become redefined, and amazingly so. They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one with authority, not as the scribes. It's not that his sermon was good or it was entertaining. They were astounded which means that they were struck. They were shocked at what Jesus was saying. Now, selfishly, I kind of want a copy of that sermon. (laughs) It's just astounding. It's astounding to me that here we have Jesus teaching in the synagogue, and then it says they were all astounded at his teaching, and there's not a record of what Jesus said. Come on, Mark. Throw me a bone, man. I I want a copy of that sermon. There, there are several things, there are several things that, I, that I wish Jesus had, had written down. Jesus, that's amazing to me. Jesus didn't write anything down and give it to Peter and say, here, teach this. 
There are a couple things that I wish Jesus would have written. Like, for example, I really wish that Jesus had written a parenthood manual. You know, it's amazing to me that I'm going to spend most of my life in a context that is not familiar with Jesus. Jesus, I'd love to say, I'd love to have a copy where Jesus says, all kids need to be in bed by 8 o'clock or something like this, right? Only three hours worth of time on the iPad. I'd love something tangible from Jesus to say, you don't have to show up at carpool two hours early. Give yourself a break, right? This kind of thing. But, you know, my fear, you know, my fear is, my fear is that I would just... If Jesus had written a parenthood manual, I'd probably ignore it with the same frequency as I do love your enemy and, you know, turn the other cheek and give all that you own to the poor. There it is. Even though we don't have a copy of this sermon, we know that the crowd was astounded. Jesus was teaching with authority, not like the scribes. This doesn't mean that Jesus was a better preacher than the scribes or more eloquent or more entertaining. He was teaching with his own authority, unlike the scribes. When the scribes were teaching, they might say something like, I want to give thanks to Asbury for giving me uh, this pulpit today. I want to thank Pastor Matt for letting me preach Today, uh, in accordance with the Louisiana Conference of the United Methodist Church, with the authority of the 2016 United Methodist Book of Discipline under Judicial Council Rule. Jesus is not thanking the Pharisees. He's not thanking the temple. He's not there on behalf of the temple or of the. He's preaching with his own authority. And he just starts preaching, and they're astounded at this. They're shocked. Being shocked is not always a good thing. Is it? It's like when Jesus was walking through the city of Nain and he touches the funeral bier and he raises the man to life. It says that the crowd was shocked. Yes, because he raised the widow's son up, but also he was touching the funeral bier. And he's not supposed to do that. That makes someone unclean. <gasps> what are you doing? He was teaching with his own authority, and they were shocked. And being shocked is not always a good thing. And then, Scripture says, someone from the congregation got up and started speaking. I bet they did. Just then there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are. You are the Holy One of God. What is this unclean spirit? Is it a demon? Is it a spiritual force of wickedness? Is it the devil? Maybe. Well, I'll tell you this. I don't tempt the dark side of the force. You know what I'm saying? Uh, when I was in college, our college group went to the Myrtles. Have you been to the Myrtles? down in St. Francisville. We had the bright idea of going to the Myrtles on Halloween. And we're there, and I get in there, and it's very, very cold. And I'm thinking, well, that's called the air conditioner. That's, you know, just setting the stage. They know what they're doing to get visitors, you know. Oh, it's so cold, there's spirits around. Uh, but in the dining room, we were talking, I felt a hand on my shoulder. And I turned, and there wasn't anyone there. So I leaned over to Christy. I said, 
we've got to get out of here. Like right now, I don't feel good. I don't feel right. A couple years ago, I told this story. Uh, I think I've told this story before. A couple years ago, we had a church member uh, uh, who, who called me one day and said, hey, you know, Pastor Matt, you know, there's some strange things going on in my house. I wake up in the morning, pictures are off the wall, things are out of place, books are not on the shelf. I, I'd really love for you to come in and, and bless our home. And then, of course, after throwing up a little bit in my mouth, I told him, I said, sure, I'll, I'll come and help you out. So I actually I called, there, there are two, uh, I believe, uh, there are two official exorcists from the Roman Catholic Church in the Shreveport Diocese, and I called one of them. I said, hey, man, this is what someone's asked me to come and bless their home because stuff is out of order. I just, you know, what, what's, give me the bulleted list. Like, what do I need to know? And he, he gave me, you know, a couple of pointers. And uh, though he said, don't go alone, don't go alone. You know, well, yeah, so I, it was a Wednesday night. It was after Connection. I had mustered, it was a dark and stormy night. You just can't script this stuff, right? It was a dark and stormy night. Uh, I got my robe, I got my, my traveling cross, uh, some anointing oil from Jerusalem, I had some holy water from uh, uh, Galilee, from, from the Jordan. I, was, I had my little book, of, the traveling book of worship. I was ready, man. And I put it all in the car. I was like, all right, here we go. Here we go. So I get in the car, click. Garden start. I try it again. Click. Like, you've got to be kidding me. So I called Sean Wolmunster, who was still here hanging out after connection. I said, Hey, man, could you jump me off? I need to go perform an exorcism and I want to make it home before dinner. <laughs> he said, What? I said, Don't worry about it. Uh, so he pulled his truck up. He couldn't get his, the hood of his truck open to jump me off. It's like, Well, I guess I'm not doing an exorcism tonight. Hey, Sean, can you give me a lift home? And he does. Oh, well, next morning, Christy brings me uh, to the office, and I get in my, because I was going to call the tow truck, like I was in a bad mood, like, I got to call Candy Jack to come pick up my car. I get in the car, <laughs> starts right up. You got to be kidding me. So I call Sean, I said, Sean, you're never going to believe this, my car started right up. He goes, well, you're not going to believe this, my hood just popped open on the interstate as I was coming to work. So I called the church member and I told him this whole thing. I said, you're not going to believe this. I was going to come to the house last night and I was going to exercise whatever was hanging out. He goes, oh, I believe it. That's, that's the kind of thing that's been happening over and over again. You know. You know. Thankfully, all is well in their house. Every now and again, I call just to make sure that I don't have to go <laughs> and exercise something. So what, what is the spiritual wickedness? What is this force? I mean, is, it, is, is it a demon? Is it a, Maybe. But I also live under the assumption that people being people, we don't need any outside help to say evil things and to do things that don't glorify God. We don't, don't come at me with, well, the devil made me do it. No, no, no. no. People being people don't need much help doing the wrong thing. What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are. Sometimes we, being people, don't need any help. One of my clergy colleagues received an anonymous letter in the mail about her ministry. Just a word of warning, if you send a letter anonymously, 
I don't know who I have to ask permission of to let you know about it. This is the letter she received. I and many other members of the church, I believe, are dismayed by what we are seeing every Sunday. Now, code word, some of us think, is always code word for it's just me, right? You know, you know the meeting after, you know, you know. Many of us at the church, I believe, are dismayed by what we are seeing every Sunday. We are a progressive church, but we are not a hippie organization. I'm referring to your image with, most recently, a nose ring and a blue jean jacket as seen on our Zoom church services. Also, your hairstyle leaves one wondering, are you a teenager or an adult fanatic? When we were first introduced to you via a family photo, you had long, straight black hair, very attractive. Now, however, dot, 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 long dangling earrings may be the vogue, but they are uninviting as seen on the close-up screen. Your messages are excellent. If you could become one of us, figuratively, our relationship would be much better. <laughs> Your messages are, have you received a compliment like that? You know, Matt, you don't sweat much for being overweight. Like, oh, thank you. Your messages are excellent. But if you could be one of us, figuratively, our relationship would be much better. What have you to do with us? Have you come to destroy us? Well, the answer to that question just might be yes. Your messages are excellent, but if you become one of us, our relationship would be much better. Now, I understand that as a pre especially as a Methodist preacher, you travel to lots of different places, lots of different churches, lots of different contexts, right? And part of being effective from the pulpit is to know your people, to love your people, to know your audience. And I don't always get it right. For example, I'm not coming to work on Mardi Gras. Dear North Louisiana, no one should have to go to work on Mardi Gras. What have you to do with us? If you were maybe one of us, our relationship would be, you know what Jesus says to this? He says, I'm going to say the S word if there's still any kids in the audience. Jesus says, shut up. Shut up. Get out of, well, he says, be silent. Come out of him. Which is a fancy, polite, biblical way of saying, shut up. Get out of here. That's what Jesus says to this unclean spirit who gets up after Jesus shockingly starts preaching with his own authority. Excuse me, preacher, what do you, what have you, what do you have to do with us? Are, are you here to destroy us? Shut up. Get out of here. What do you have to do with us? This unclean spirit talking to Jesus. Oh, I forgot to mention um, this clergy person uh, as an African-American female clergy leading a white congregation. Do you now hear the context of the anonymous letter she got? Well, when we got a picture of you, you had long, beautiful, straight hair. And, you know, if, if you would just be more like us, figuratively, 
Maybe we would just get along. I'm sure the problem is the nose ring. That's probably the nose ring. That's the problem. Shut up. Get out of here. People being people don't need any help of any outside force to say stupid, evil things. Shut up. One of us. That's what the Spirit says. What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? But then the tense changes. It says, I know who you are. Do you notice what's happening here? This evil spirit and this man are so intertwined that he says, what have you to do with us? Have you come to destroy us? But then the separation is beginning in the presence of Jesus. I know who you are. Now the spirit is speaking not on behalf of both of them. So Jesus exercises this evil presence that is taking control of this man. The separation is already beginning. What have you to do with us? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are. That's what Jesus does. It reminds me of the parable of the sheep and the goats. Sometimes we think that, well, you see it on the pews, sheep and goats. I'm thankful that you're all sitting in the, in the sheep pews. Sometimes we think that some of us are sheep and some of us are goats, but there is sheep and goat within all of us. And what does Jesus do? Jesus exercises the goat that is within us. By following Jesus, by doing the work of Jesus, by using the language of Jesus, that goat that is within us, that uncleanliness that is within us, is also crucified with Christ. The point is, when we follow Jesus, I mentioned it last week, when we follow Jesus, we start doing the works of Jesus. And Jesus even says, my followers will do greater works than these. When we go out into the world doing the works of Jesus, using the language of Jesus, we too will heal the nations. We too will feed the hungry. We too, as we will discover, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. In other words, there is not me and Jesus, there is only us. And when we start doing the work of Jesus, you could take it to the bank that evil forces are going to start speaking, trying to stop the kingdom of God coming into fruition. What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. At once his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. I pray that we might astonish the world. I pray that we might be the healers of the world. I pray that we might follow and I pray that it is Christ's fame. And not our own, not me, not Asbury, not Methodism. Not, I pray that Christ's fame spreads throughout the world. What is this? A new teaching with authority. What have you to do with us, Jesus? Everything. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious and most loving God, we give you thanks for pouring out your Spirit upon us here today. Give us the courage to follow. Give us the courage to do the works of Christ. And when the evil voices 
start getting loud. Give us the courage to say, shut up. Get out of here. Or if we prefer, be silent and come out of him. But may our language be holy. May our language be imbibed with justice and mercy. May we always love. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.